Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to Made by Mamas, the podcast. I'm Zoe. And I'm Georgia. And we're here talking all things parenthood. You know, the real conversations. Tips and tricks. Products we love. And brands we can't live without. Let's get into it. Our first Tuesday episode of 2022 and this is going to be a good one. Yeah, today's episode is going to be a really powerful one and it was at the time actually. And, you Mm. know, this subject, such a huge thing to try and... Uh, discuss with anybody that's been through it and Georgia and I obviously you know we, we really wanted to tread carefully around it we wanted our guest to feel like she was in a safe space to talk about it and we also wanted to learn from it and to to make sure that we were getting the language right around it and yeah we're talking about baby loss today which is absolutely huge um mm. Uh, and yeah, this this guest, wow, she has come out the other side with such a positive outlook on life, hasn't she, George? Yeah, I mean, like Zoe said, just to second what she said, you know, we we're very aware that when people come onto this podcast, you know, that they are sort of exposing themselves to you know to us and sharing their journey and like very like intimate thoughts and feelings and so we always want to make sure that we treat them you know in in the way that they want to be treated and we are sensitive to to these topics but saying that we also want to make sure we have these conversations and we don't shy away from having them Um, yeah yeah, this guest I mean I'm kind of I, I don't really have the words because she has been on such a journey over the last couple of years it's so so much for any human to deal Mm. with it's Mm. actually incredible that she can talk and have the outlook that she has having been through so much I mean Georgia I think you've just said it all there her strength shines through and actually her ability to front up to these sorts of conversations is admirable and the fact that she's you know living the life that she's living with such strength inside of her. I mean, I just dread to think for, for, for any person, like you said, to go through what she's been through. I, yeah, I don't even any know how she's still... Any person to go you know. through one of the things I know. that she's been through, yeah. let alone all of them together yeah. within like a very short space of time. Um, yeah. So yeah, I mean, I, I hope that you'll enjoy listening to this and enjoy 
her positivity towards the end of the story. Absolutely. And we just want to say, uh, before we get into the chat today, this could be very triggering for some of you listening today. Um, But I do want to stress that, uh, you know, aside from talking about baby loss, which we did uh, in detail with her, we also talk about how strong one human being can be. And it's a really inspiring, uplifting story. So please stick around for it. George, who are we chatting to today? Today, we are chatting to Marlin Anderson. So this is going to be a lovely podcast because I actually interviewed this amazing lady on Take Me Out about 10 years ago and our paths haven't crossed, although I did, both Georgia and I watched her uh, on her stint in Love Island and she's been through a hell of a lot since then. So we are really excited to talk to her today. Um, Please welcome the very lovely Marlon Anderson. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. Thank you. Good. Yeah. And you're just back from Dubai. Is that right? Yeah, I'm back about... 12 days ago now it's almost two weeks ago so my tan has gone already it's, it hasn't I'm looking at you thinking how gorgeously yeah, but no. anyway, it definitely hasn't gone um, congratulations on the pregnancy how are you feeling yeah not not bad to be fair I mean I sleep a lot now I'm in the like last final stretch so all I seem to do is get up I'll have a tea have some breakfast and I'm like oh let me just go back to oh, bed how lovely <laughs> how lovely That's so nice enjoy how that, many weeks seriously. are you so I'm 33 weeks tomorrow 33 weeks tomorrow okay so final stretch and how are you feeling um this pregnancy because obviously we're, we're, we're going to take you back to you know your first pregnancy and what happened there but obviously you know with everything that has gone on in your life you might be feeling well tell me how you're feeling um to be fair it's been a bit of a strange uh, eight, seven, eight months so far, to be honest. I mean, I don't think I've enjoyed a single bit of it, which is quite sad to say. I think um, a lot of PTSD has a, a, like, come up within this pregnancy and things that I haven't really dealt with, I guess, in a strange sense. Because when you're pregnant, you know, you don't have these coping mechanisms that you'd usually kind of do. You can't go out with your friends, go have a drink, have a wine. You can't do certain activities. I used to travel a lot. I used to travel like twice, three times a month. And so when you're just still with yourself and your mind, you know, you're left to think, right? So everything gets kind of brought up to the surface and it's been quite intense, actually. Um, but yeah, I've, I've managed to get through it. I'm just kind of waiting for it to be over. <laughs> Talk to us about, you know, I guess when you found out you was pregnant this time, time round, how how did you feel? And I guess you've you mentioned you haven't really enjoyed it. What what sort of things have you been thinking and, and feeling? Yeah, when I found out, I was happy. Um, it was a bit of a shock, but happy. Um, this is cool. I can do this. And then as the pregnancy progresses, you have hormones involved. And then, you know, your life kind of changes and your body changes. And, and it's, I think it's just been up and down. I've, I've suffered a lot with mental health in this pregnancy where I've been completely fine. Like, I'd say I feel worse than when my mum died, to be honest, which is really crazy. I've, I've suffered quite a lot with depression and I, that's not me at all. I'm a very positive person and, I, um, you know, I have these strategies like meditation, etc. And I think nothing's really worked this time around, which is a bit bizarre and you know I can't put it down to anything apart from just unresolved trauma and a lot of healing that's needed to be done but you know it's probably for the best so I can deal with it now before baby arrives. You've you've got a really amazing positive outlook on on you know on baby loss and if we can let's go back to your pregnancy with Conzi named after your mum as well so that's lovely so just just tell us about that pregnancy you found out you were pregnant you know how were the sort of first three months and how was the rest of the pregnancy for you yeah the pregnancy was pretty shocking to be fair um I was getting abused physically and mentally throughout the whole pregnancy uh she arrived at 33 weeks 
which is strange because that's 33 weeks tomorrow I reach. And I think I've been waiting for that kind of like mark as well in this pregnancy. I've been waiting mm. for dates to pass, you know, waiting for something bad to happen. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, her pregnancy wasn't good. I was in an awful relationship. Um, and, you know, I felt quite lonely. My mum had just died just under a year before. Mm. In fact, six months after, before I'd found out I was pregnant. So there was a lot of confusion involved in my head, where I was at, what I wanted. And um, when she came early, you know, that was a blur in itself. And then she died. So I think there was so much happening at once. And then after she died, I couldn't grieve because I was dealing with a court case with, with the father, you know. And then when he went to jail, I felt some sort of relief. But there was no period allowing me to grieve properly. Yeah. And what, so just sort of take us back. So how how long was she in the hospital for? Did did you think this might might happen? Like, how, was it a lot? Just, just tell us a little bit about exactly what happened, how those weeks panned out. No, I didn't. It was completely random. I had a healthy pregnancy as in terms of her growing. All the scans were fine. Her, uh, her heartbeat was fine throughout. Um, I actually had like a recent midwife appointment just before I had to go into hospital. And so she stopped moving at 33 weeks. I just felt something really off. It was like really light kicks, you know, Mm -hmm. like really light compared to what I was used to. Um, And there was something in me and I was like, oh gosh, this doesn't feel right. There was, I I couldn't even describe it to you because that would have been my first pregnancy and I wouldn't have known any different anyway. There's something kind of that mother's intuition Mm. Um, and I went to hospital and, you know, they said they need to get her out ASAP. I had an emergency C-section and she came out. I didn't get to hold her. I didn't get to see her. Um, she got taken straight to Luton Dunstable Hospital. They didn't know what to do with her. So I discharged myself twice and then just followed her to Great Ormond Street where she was for a month. And at this point, you know, I, I, that C-section was horrific, but I was kind of just trying to walk and, yeah. <laughs> and all that adrenaline kicks in and I had so much codeine in my system. Um, and I stayed with her for a month in Great Ormond Street and uh, then she passed away. So it was all a bit of a whirlwind. What, but at 33 weeks, I mean, babies survive at 20, 26 yeah. weeks, uh, premature babies, right? So I think even as it was 26, I think maybe 26 is the earliest, if I'm correct. But so at 33 weeks, you'd think, you know, baby comes early, but, you know, nearly fully grown and everything's going to be OK. And maybe she might spend a bit of time in ECU. So. What, what 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 happened? Yeah, I mean, there's a ninety percent chance of survival. Yeah, yeah. But with her, they were saying she wasn't developed properly inside. She wasn't even meant to survive for a month. I don't know how she did that, um, and survived in my stomach, let alone. And um, they did the post mortem, and they they couldn't really put anything down to anything. It was strange. It was like a very I never really got an answer. They said she died of cardiomyopathy, but that you know she was changing, and they were changing her tube. It must have irritated something in her and then they had to do compressions on her and she just didn't, you know, she just didn't come back. Mm. So I think, I think it was just a whole lot of things. And I know that the pregnancy wasn't healthy and I know that that contributed to it a lot. You know, as a, as a mother, I felt it. It wasn't nice. So do you think the stress that you, you was under impacted that? Well, I mean, there's so much to unpack here. In terms of your, you know, your abusive relationship, which must have been absolutely hell for you, was that something that had been going on or did that start when you found out you were pregnant? No, no, no. It started about two two months into the relationship, I think, two to three months in. And uh, literally out of nowhere. And then throughout the whole pregnancy, you were having to deal with that as well as trying to grow a baby at the same time. Yeah. I mean, with with, uh, domestic abuse, I mean, everyone's different, but with the narcissist, they kind of creep in at the big, you know, they're all nice and brilliant at the start. They gaslight you. They they shower you. You know they love bomb you. And then they're kind of they slowly introduce certain things into 
manipulating you. So you, you know, you, you have this wonderful relationship, you fall in love with them. It's not actually love. And then they lure you in and then that's when they kind of drop snippets of abuse and then they pick you back up and then drop you again. And so your mind gets confused and you're emotionally attached already. And that, mm. that, that would be a trauma bond in itself. And so you'd obviously lost your mum. So you definitely were maybe quite feeling quite weak and I don't I don't know how you were feeling but do you vulnerable yeah exactly and then you had all of that to go through and so when you left the hospital after your daughter passed away who who did you turn to how how were you feeling I remember that day clearly like um he wasn't even there when she passed he was like two hours late he was he kind of stopped visiting her at the end um and so we packed our stuff because we were at parents accommodation packed our stuff. He went to his mum's house and I just remember him running to hug his two boys that he had in front of me. And I kind of, I stood there and then I just got in the car and I, I went, so I just drove to a friend's and I just got drunk. <laughs> I kind of just drank loads of wine and I, that's literally all I remember. And then from then onwards, I kind of, I didn't actually want to see him. So. No, I bet you didn't. And then, and then the months after that, you said you never really got the opportunity to grieve. So what, what, what support was there for you? And, and like Georgia said, who, who was, who was there for you? Yeah. So I had my sister, my closest friends, um, although you tend to isolate yourself a lot with grief, you know, you you feel like you, you don't want to be doing things. You want to see people, but Sans charity got in touch quite a lot. They were quite persistent mm-hmm. with me, which was nice, but I kind of got out of this one on my own. Um, I went through quite like a spiritual kind of journey and awakening with this whole thing as well, um, where, you know, I, I spent the first kind of month in in my flat. I remember just drinking or, you know, staying in. I didn't even wash, like I wasn't doing anything. And then I woke up one day and I was like, I need to snap out of it. And something just switched in my head. I just don't understand how you can snap out of it, though. Like, how do you snap out? Because obviously your body's been through, you've given birth to a baby. So obviously physically. Recovering from a C-section in itself is a huge thing to recover from. But let alone when you've had everything else to contend with. It's like, it's unimaginable. But you mentioned that you went to a friend's house and you just got drunk. And you do, do you think that you used sort of drinking as like a coping mechanism or like escape, like to escape? Yeah, definitely, hundred percent. Um, you know, you you want to numb the pain somehow, don't you? I didn't have my mum to turn to. I don't have a dad. I don't have that family house or that unit that I once had when I was younger, or even a, a year before. So there was so much confusion involved in my head, you know, and loneliness. Where, well, what can you do? I, I attempted suicide twice. Um, I collected code codamol from the C section. I collected like forty tablets. Took forty. That didn't work. Um, and I thought, you know, there's got to be a reason why I'm still here. And I think as soon as I started speaking openly on my platform yeah. about what I was going through, it became a bit of a saving grace for me because the more I was talking about it, the more I was setting myself free from that kind of pain within me. Mm. It felt like an open diary, an open journal in a sense. And then I just kept going and going, you know. So I think there had to be some sort of strength in me. My mum was quite a strong woman. So there, there was something in me telling me to spur me on. So. I mean, I, I, I think having met you a couple of times across the years, I think not just not just quite strong, but I think fucking strong. Like I think I think the <laughs> fact that you've that you've come from where you've come from, and now you've got this really positive outlet to even you know have a try and have a baby again, like the terror and the horror of going through it again. And um, when do you think you started grieving for the loss of your daughter? Um, I would probably say this pregnancy, which is very strange. Yeah. Um, you know, I'd go see her grave and stuff and 
and whatnot and get on with life. But I think with this pregnancy, it's just brought up so much the feelings of being pregnant, what happened last time, you know, reaching each kind of week or milestone, as you say. Um, I mean, her birthday is the 23rd of December coming up. Mm. Um, 33 weeks would be tomorrow when she came out. So I think there's so many little weird things, you know, and, and the whole relationship at that time when I was pregnant with her was abusive. It's like, so I'm waiting for my partner who's absolutely amazing to do something wrong and he won't obviously, and he wouldn't, but it's like, it's just so strange is that there's a lot of, you know, I think with grief, it's, you know, it's sporadic. It's not, it's not linear. And it can take something to make you just go, whoa. And I think this pregnancy has made me go, whoa. And you (laughs) you said the the charity, um, there was a charity, is it, is it sad? What the, Sands, Sands, yeah, they contacted Sands, you. Have they been instrumental in helping you? Yeah, definitely. They're always in touch. They're brilliant. Um, and that's why I wanted to get on board as one of their ambassadors. And that helped as well. Yeah. And so sort of looking looking forward, have you thought about, you know, how you're going to tell your little one about Concy and everything that happened? And are you going to, you know, make sure that she is part of the new baby's life? Yeah, definitely. I mean... Um, I see little Concy as a little guardian angel, you know, I've got a hand in her footprint in her nursery already on the window. So, you know, it's nothing to be shying away from. Death is very real. And I think funnily enough, you know, we don't get spoke, we don't get no. taught about death at school. No. We don't get educated on it one bit. And so when I grew up as a child and my mum was in and out of hospital with cancer, and my dad had died when I was really young. I, as a child, was going through trauma. I didn't even know what that was happening to me, you know. And so I think if someone had actually spoken to me about it, I would have understood it more. And so I think being open and honest about everything is, is probably the best way. We'll be right back after this short break. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Welcome back to this episode of Made by Mamas. Now, where were we? You spoke, you spoke about when you opened up on your platform and that you had amazing responses from people. How, how has that been for you? Um, and, and I guess, what do you kind of see yourself on social media for? Because I guess it might have changed quite a lot since your Love Island days. Oh, gosh, yeah. I, I freaking hate Love Island. It's a load of shit. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just say it how it is. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I, it's, it's overwhelming. I get so many messages um, and it, it's touching and it, it can become overwhelming where I need to separate stuff sometimes. I have to be careful what I look at. So my management have 
um, are logged in as well and they they will deal with certain messages and I'll try and reply but you know I think it's protecting your own energy is very important you know protecting your own mind and not giving too much of yourself away because I can only do so much right and it's about leading them to places they can get help and it's also about producing content which is is healthy good content for them to take something out of not just posting like freaking 10 ads every single day too frightening shit and then you know and using my platform for the wrong way so I I just I'll only post things that mean relevance to me Mm. um I wouldn't even call myself an influencer I hate that word I hate that term you know I just I just kind of speak from my heart get some motivational things in and just try and help people I think it's it's interesting that you say that you you know there's certain things that you can't reply to because I think I mean Zoe and I do this sometimes you can put yourself out there and share your experiences but ultimately you're still healing yourself and so when someone else sends you a message you can become quite invested in their story as well and then it's you know weeks go on and you realize that you're actually carrying a lot of what they've told you too and it's it's a great thing about social media that we can have this interaction and meet people that are going through similar experiences but it it is important to protect yourself as well um especially you know right now you're you know you're pregnant and um but also if, if the messages are nasty i mean if you are you talking about do you cert, do, do certain messages come in like bullying trolling do you still get that sort of stuff or is that kind of eased off because i know you've spoken about that in the past when you were on love island yeah i had more post love island did you and that was all based on body image and looks and appearance and what i was portrayed as on the show or whatever i can't even remember but funnily enough the, the minute you start to be yourself and be honest with your audience they stop trolling you. Yeah. I mean, I'll get the right weird sicko that's like, says some, something really fucked up about someone dying in my family, but that's just because they're not well. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I rarely get anything. Um, I mean, I've had trolls to an extent where, you know, there are websites, online forums, online hate forums, um, and there are people that have been in your life. So like old people that have been in your life at some point that, you know, are, are jealous or, watch you very closely and you know that these are very these are very sad people so you just have to ignore them they're very sad people but their comments still their comments can still stay with you I mean like we were talking about this the other day that someone sent me a message going like oh are you anorexic and and I was anorexic like I was I did I have spoken about my eating disorder I was but I'm fully recovered now I've done the 12 steps I've talked about it I want to help people I'm an ambassador for beat you know it's not something that I sh- it's also not something that you should sling at anybody and I I was in the shower and I was like it was one comment and I started crying and I was like why am I so upset there have been 60 lovely comments and then just one person but it really gets into you because I would never walk it's basically like walking up to somebody in the street and going all right fatty or like, you know, whatever. I would never say that to anybody. Mm. It, it's bizarre yeah. that social media gives you the, um, gives you the, I don't know what it is, strength or, or, or sort of ability to be able to say whatever you want to anybody at any moment. Yeah, I know. And that's a thing that we, you know, we want to try and tackle. And it's, it's a hard one because oh, you, you can ask for ID and verification and stuff like that. And then there's always going to be a way for someone to just create a fake account. Yeah. yeah. I actually went to the extent of hiring an investigator once to find out the IP addresses. And I found out a few people that were trolling me. One was actually like a, an old like childhood friend that was really nice to me and still in my life. Still in your life. Yeah. So, you know, it's so weird. And then one was someone that lived down the road, um, a few from different points in my life, like years ago, you know, but I've never fell out with anybody. I've never had a problem. So these people are obviously really bitter and it's, it's interesting to see because I kind of laughed and I thought, shit, man, like you're still watching me. (laughs) But 
you have to then feel sorry for them. And I, I look at trolls as, you know, they're very incomplete. They're yeah. probably they're probably going for a lot of suffering themselves to inflict that amount of suffering onto somebody yeah. else. Yeah, you can't be a happy person to do that. That's what I always think. Like you, you absolutely. Do you can't. respond to any of them, or you say you've got your management there? But do you just block? Do you just if anything comes in now? Do you just do you just send love and block? Yeah, the best thing to do is just ignore block. I swipe delete the comment block. Um, I do get tempted. Yeah, to really <laughs> go for it. <laughs> yeah, you open a can of worms. You open this message, right? On your on your DM requests and you're opening a can of worms, yeah. <laughs> so you just just forget just it. Ignore just it. ignore it. I think it was really interesting what you were saying earlier about how we don't learn about death or grief at school, or you know when we're young. And I, I have this with my son. My nan passed away. Uh, what is it? Coming up to a year and a half ago now, and it was all very sudden. And he knew her really well, and he was four at the time so understood what was going on and I make a real effort now to talk about it with him and we walk weirdly we walk through a graveyard on the way to school every morning and every morning he says oh I'm sad that nanny nanny's not here and I'm like yeah I am too Axel but we were so lucky that we had her in Mm. our lives we were so lucky and I realised that I never spoke about death or grief or anything with my parents growing up. So when the first person in my family passed away, I didn't know what to do. Mm. I, I didn't know. I didn't. I didn't know how to handle it, and I was so fearful of it. Um, but I guess how? How? What do you think the best thing to do is? Like how are we supposed to be t- telling our children about this kind of stuff? Mm. It depends what aspect you see death as. I mean, I don't fear death. I think I used to. Um, and I think that when nobody spoke about it to me and I didn't understand it, I would just understand the concept of death there. Therefore you fear, you fear the unknown, right? Mm. So when you see a body and it's, sorry, it's going to sound a little bit morbid. When you see a dead body, right? I looked at my mum and I was with her in her final kind of like week. So I didn't leave her side once, right? So I was there when she took her last breath. You, you automatically see the soul leaving the yeah. body and it just, Comes an empty shell, yeah. right? And so I became a bit fascinated. I went to the funeral directors. I'd go and visit her and I'd just be like knocking her on the head and be like, hello. <laughs> and that was my way of kind of thinking, she's not even in there no. anymore. And I feel her behind me. Like I could feel her around me. So I viewed it very differently. I see feathers. I have signs everywhere. Not the cliche like, oh, she's an angel. She's my guardian. It's the smaller I can, I can feel her guiding me in different areas and different senses. And that to me is so fulfilling because I know I'm not fully alone. Whereas if we fear death and we, we, we treat it as a taboo topic, like once you die, you die and that's it. You don't go anywhere or you go to heaven or you go to hell if you're bad. You know, I mean, everyone has their beliefs. That's inflicting so much fear, right? Mm-hmm. So I think, yeah, I think the beauty of death is releasing the pain that that body was in. Because my mom was riddled with cancer. And just let, allowing her to be free. I love it. That's so beautiful. And actually, I feel exactly the same way about my dad. And sometimes mm. I say, I feel it's. I feel when the trees move a lot and the wind, I can feel him. And actually, it's a comfort to know that he's always around. You know, and just exactly the same. Seeing his body, I just thought he's not there now. His his soul isn't there. His energy isn't there. That was his vessel, and it did him really, really well for seventy five years. And now he's everywhere else, and like in the kids and. You know, it's really beautiful to talk about it because when someone dies, a parent dies, you know, that's kind of the right way around, isn't it? When a child dies, it's different. People don't know how to discuss that. And I think that's why we really wanted to talk to you today because, you know, if somebody is listening, going through this, it's very hard to know what to say to that person who's in so much pain. But we have to ask the questions, right? Yeah, definitely. Um, it was weird, actually. I was, I used, Before COVID happened, I'd spend Christmas since my mum dying every year in um, New York with my brother and his family and his in-laws 
And um, I remember going to this Christmas party. It was a year after she had died, right? And then everyone was talking and whatnot. And there's some pregnant woman there. I can't even remember. But in my head, I was I was thinking, and this was actually on her, on her birthday, I think. Um, I just wanted people to talk, talk about her and speak about her to me and ask me how she was. But my brother and his and his wife, I don't think they felt like they could because it upset me. Whereas in my head, I was like, just talk, talk to me about her. Ask me how I am. Ask, ask about her. And and I think this is a problem where people find they're tiptoeing around the topic and the subject of baby loss because they think, shit, you know, that's heavy, heavy stuff. But we want them to be remembered. I think it's that's the beauty of it, you know, the, the soul. Yeah. And I guess not everybody is going to always say the right thing, but I guess acknowledging that something's happened and checking in to find out how you know how you are and how, and how everyone around you is is probably the right the right way to go i'll tell you one thing that's really annoying though in this pregnancy i've had is this your first is this your first every single time you know from strangers or i don't know i'm in the checkout and tesco is this your first and i'm like shut the fuck oh, up but, no, but do you know what i did um Actually, I don't know if I can say this on here, but I was getting interviewed by someone and they didn't do their research properly. And she's CEO of quite a big company. And she went, is this your first? I went, no, my first one died. And she just didn't know what to say. But I have to be blunt sometimes like that. She didn't, she yeah. didn't. Like, uh, 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 you know, and I, I'm a weirdo like that. I just think in my head, yeah, you fucking swear. Yeah. <laughs> you don't even, like, you need to make sure, you know. Don't, that you oh. know who you're talking. <laughs> of course you do. Of course you do. I mean, an innocent stranger in the street being like, is this your first? You get it. Somebody that's sitting down and having a conversation with you and interviewing you. I mean, idiot. Um, is it true that yeah. you've written a book? Positivity is our superpower. I have indeed. Yeah. It was yeah. <laughs> Tell us about it. <laughs> oh gosh. So I remember reading this is actually around the period my mum died, a lot of books um by Kyle Gray and Bex King. Do you know have you heard of Bex no. King? He's his book is Have Good Vibes, Good Life, um, and um How to Raise Your Vibration by Kyle Gray. So these are all books about, you know, alignment, synchronicity, energy, uh I hate the word law of attraction. That's very cliche as well. That's, you know, very thingy. But, you know, how to raise your frequency and manifest a lot and live in a life of abundance. And I was reading a lot of stuff on that. And I remember seeing this book publisher called Hay House and um, they looked after these these people that I'd, I'd be reading. Yeah, Hay House are amazing. And so I remember just looking at their logo and I stuck it on my vision board and I said I'd always wanted to write a book and I wanted them to sign me. I didn't want anyone else. I just wanted them. And we had loads of like inquiries through and stuff. And in the end, I had a meeting with Payhouse and and they said, yeah, well, let's go ahead. Let's do this. And the book was so complex because I didn't want it to be an autobiography and that'd be that because everyone knows my story. I wanted it to be a book where you can solve, solve situations in and read how I got out of certain things. Um, but with more depth and more detail, because there's been a lot more suffering that I've endured, but I haven't really actually spoken about. And so the book was like another journal to me. But when you come fresh out of something like uh, an abusive relationship or grief, your head isn't in the right place. I would be lying if I said I was healed to two years ago, because I know people yeah. just bring out books, like, fuck it, let's bring out a book. I didn't want that to be the case. I wanted me to go through this journey and get this book and follow me through what I was going through. And then I could be the end. The last chapter would be me being pregnant, which I didn't know at the time. So I finished the, the last chapter with, you know, by the way, guys, I'm pregnant now. But you you kind of see how healing works throughout the book. You know, we can pick up a book and, oh, my God, I can heal too. And I'll be all right if I do these steps and, and whatnot. And But it's progress and it takes time and it doesn't happen overnight. You know, mental health doesn't 
go away overnight. Everything's a journey and a process. And I think if we just learn to understand that, that's mm. the most important thing. So I wanted to get that across in my book. So yeah, it's taking ages, but it's worth it. <laughs> and it's, it's about, isn't it, for someone who, you know, who is going through something, they can pick it up and almost, like you say, go through the journey with you. And I guess feel relieved that there is a process and that they're not alone. Not on their own. Definitely. I mean, I started on my childhood, you know, um, being bullied at school and during racism. And then I went into my eating disorder where I suffered with binge eating, uh, bulimia, um, calorie counting, excessive calorie counting. I was in pageants. I was in Miss England. Then I did take me out. I'll speak about that briefly. And then Love Island, um, cabin crew, still getting weighed on flights. And so I, I, I talk about it as a whole journey. My mum being ill, um, like, you know, alcohol abuse, uh, and then toxic relationships, sexual abuse. I talk about so many different things and topics that have gone throughout a timeline. But you know, at the end of each chapter, I wanted there to be a kind of how to get out of this situation kind of feeling. So the person reads reads the chapter and the ending is, you know, like, come on, positive, we can, we can do this. And that is why I say, you know, it's our superpower to have that positive mindset is a superpower. And it's, it does more, more for you than you know. You are, you are by far and away one of the most inspirational people that we've had on the podcast, the amount of stuff that you've been, <laughs> no, gen- no, like, gen- genuinely, and you know, it, that you could be sitting there today as a victim, kind of, you know, letting all of the stuff that's, that's gone on in your past really shape you, I guess it has shaped you, but you know, kind of... I, with, with with not being able to come back from it, I think. And that's what's so admirable is that you positive. found the positive and you found a way forward. Yeah, don't get me wrong. It's easy to get stuck in a victim mentality. Yeah. And I remember being like that, like at the beginning. And then there's only so long you can sit in a victim state for, you know, you have to get yourself out of the situation. No one else can do it for you. Mm-hmm. Marlon, thank you. Yeah. Thank you thank so you. much for coming Amazing. on the podcast and good luck. Thank you. For good me. luck with the pregnancy, the rest of the pregnancy. Please come back on when you're when you're yeah, And we can't wait one. to read the book as well. <laughs> thank you so much. No problem. That is going to be an episode that stays with me for a very long time. Mm-hmm. Um, even just, you know, when you let your mind go to how she must have been feeling in all of those situations, it, it, it is incredible how strong she is Mm. and how she's come through the other side Mm. yeah I I found parts of that very very difficult in a way because I didn't want to pry too much and I didn't Mm. want to ask the wrong questions but actually what Marlon does is is make you feel okay about asking and actually she wants the question to be asked because she wants the story to be shared because as we know sharing stories like that can give hope and strength to another person listening who might be going through it I mean it's one thing to to you know be in a in a a relationship you know the the domestic abuse that she was experiencing how horrendous that was but then you know for for her partner at the time not to even be there um you know when when their baby died I mean the stuff that she has gone through and then talking about her you know turning to alcohol and everything it it was just how it was hell living hell for her I guess but um and just how honest she was you know she says she hasn't enjoyed the pregnancy you know she's had huge struggles which you know when you think about what she's been through it you know it makes sense that she would struggle throughout throughout a pregnancy at a time when people may look at her thinking you should be so happy you know but it doesn't take away from what she's been through and hopefully you know the fact that she hasn't been able to turn to alcohol or you know the normal things that she would turn to she has done a lot of healing um Mm. and that she's going to get her happy ending Mm. 
Yeah, definitely, definitely. And we can't wait to have her back on when she's um, when she's got, the, you know, the new babe in arms. Um, so thank you, thank you, thank you to Marlin and thank you for listening. As always, we would absolutely love you to rate, review, subscribe and give the podcast a little follow. A nice start to 2022. Yeah, if you could leave us a review, we would love that as well. And of course, any questions from today's podcast or if you want to reach out to us and have a chat, we are on at Made by Mummers and we will be back on Friday. Made by Mummers is an Insanity podcast production and today's episode was produced by the wonderful Charlotte Mason. Insanity Group. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.